right, folks, welcome to another fun and retrospective episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoob Magoo. I'm Elaine. And in, in the spirit of continuity, we have another episode that was inspired by a previous episode. In this case, the very previous episode. Uh, that probably could have worded that better. But in any case, <laughs> um, your album of the week was one that, after the episode we were talking about, it'd be cool to do an album there, which is something we haven't done for a while. Um, and I picked an album for you to listen to that I thought in some ways mirrored the stylistic evolution of the artist we'll talk about in a second. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about our relationship with those bands and what this specific album brought to the table in terms of their stylistic evolution so you know i that's interesting i i didn't um i didn't put two and two together uh when it came to to your choice there i i thought we were going for more of like a nostalgia sort of vibe i think that yeah that um, too you know but but i mean i i think both work yeah that, that, that's interesting because i mean i i have listened to the artists we're going to talk about previous work before this album uh you know, so yeah, it is interesting to see sort of these stylistic changes. Yeah, and I guess yeah. we don't have any, um, we don't have like any broader framing, so we'll just dive right in. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just you know another album there. So yeah, <laughs> and my pick was an album. Uh, I remember when the kind of the hallmark song from this came out, and that music video just was like, what is what is this? Like it just was it. It caught my attention, and then my relationship with the band's discography has really grown from there. Uh, and it is December Underground by AFI. It came out in 2006 after a pretty pretty lengthy discography. You know, depending on when you discovered them, I think you might be surprised at how many albums. Like, I was surprised not only just how many albums they had before this, but just the kind of the trajectory of their career you know they they came together in the early 90s um they released i would say four four albums that are just straight up like between hardcore punk skate punk um especially their first two albums are just straight up like one to two minutes long at most like just really fast aggressive like california skate punk um they got increasingly darker which kind of came to a head with the art of drowning in 2000 where a little bit more melodic a little bit more of the kind of horror punk aesthetics in a way the goth aesthetics um and then particularly with sing the sorrow in 2003 um really took a a head first dive into post-hardcore and emo um i think for me while that scene is kind of the watershed moment for the, the rest of their career I kind of disagree. I think December Underground was because there are songs on Sing the Sorrow, uh, thinking of like um, like Bleed Black, Dancing Through Sunday. Um, there, there are some some pretty pretty distinctly punk songs in this. That like you know, I don't think there are any songs on December Underground that would fit on their previous releases. Whereas yeah. I think there are a handful on Sing the Sorrow that could easily fit into the track list of some of their more straight up punk out punk albums um mm. whereas i think this is distinctly 
you know, this post-hardcore emo and all this, but it's very much more alternative rock. Uh, and I think it balanced out that... Um, well, I was going to say balanced out that balance, but that's a horrible phrase. It, it really, it balanced the two sides of their more melodic, you know, post-hardcore sound, where it wasn't too alt-rock, it wasn't too, like, too hardcore. Like, the album that came after this, Crash Love, was just, it's just that's just like a pop-rock album, you know. <laughs> it's, it's just very, very hook-laden. Uh, from there, I would say, like, albums like Burials, then they into self-titled. Um, the most recent one came out last year, Bodies, which I didn't listen to as much as I would have liked. But, like, still very much, uh, very much just approaching different sides of, like, alt-rock, getting a little bit into goth, but just, you know, a little bit more approachable. Um, but, yeah, like, I still remember the first time I saw the music video for Miss Murder, and, like, it's just such a such a great hook such a such a you know an earworm i think soon after i saw the you know love like winter which is a little bit more um a little bit more melodic a little bit more uh poppier angle from miss murder but the rest of the album i think it it, it plays with a lot of their influences pretty well um you know they, they've long said that they were inspired by The Cure, particularly, you know, they, they like Depeche Mode, they like The Smiths, they like a lot of those bands, U2. Um, so I think you hear some of those kind of guitar influences here and there, like some of the guitar effects. It's definitely much more composed, so to speak, than their earlier work. Um, I don't know. I'm, I just, uh, this was a, a probably my favorite record of theirs, even when I was into their hardcore punk stuff i just think it's it's a all-around strong record um yeah i mean i could talk more about it but i'm curious <laughs> i'm curious what you thought yeah uh i i think you know first off i mean i actually never watched the miss murder um music video um my my introduction to them was miss murder but it was on the uh, guitar hero 3 soundtrack mm -hmm. um which you know i was thinking about this this week like of how I mean, we I, we talked about Guitar Hero a little bit before, and I think how, I mean, for me, that like that was that was my musical watershed in in a big way. Like it introduced me to a lot of bands that I love today, and like it it got me thinking about music, uh, you know, consciously. I think for for like the first time in in a lot of ways, you know, I I think beyond just being like you know, a fanboy for like Lincoln Park or Metallica or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I could be, I could be mixing up that timeline a little bit, but, um, you know, <laughs> nonetheless, I mean, just, yeah, that, 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 that game was huge for me. And so just it, this reminded me a lot of, of that. Uh, e even though I will say that Miss Murder was probably my, one of my least favorite songs to play on that game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I'll just say, I, I mean, I, I liked this album. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I think that's, I, I don't know if that's exactly what, um, what they intended <laughs> with this album. Um, but I, I think just in terms of like having like a catchy, like kind of pop punk kind of, you know, kind of post hardcore kind of sound, you know, like it, it just, it, 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 it hits like all those vibes really well, you know? It's just it's just a good time to have, um, you know, I so 
we were talking about this uh, briefly uh, this week that um, I have listened to this before, but I don't remember like really any part of it except for like Miss Murder. And it, when I turned it on, I, I realized I was actually wrong because I do remember uh, the first track, Prelude Twelve Twenty One, which is honestly like like not, not to be like this person, but like that's probably my favorite track on this entire album <laughs> no it's a, it's a cool i mean i'm usually i'm not a big intro guy but that's a yeah that's me a cool neither intro. I, it's funny because it's it's the shortest song by like a minute um you know and and it's still like one of the most compelling i mean i i felt like all of it was really compelling but like just i don't know like you know you listen to like i'm trying to remember do you remember what song um uh, what afi song was on the uh tony hawk soundtrack because I, I think it could have been Halloween. Maybe. Um, They've had a few songs. Uh, I yeah. think Dancing Through Sunday might have been. Um, Days of the Phoenix might I, have been. I, I think it was from Halloween, but, I mean, I, I can I can look that up in a little bit. But, um, you know, I I remember, you know, being familiar with, with that a lot. And so, like, you know, to hear the change between that and this is just, you know, astounding in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not... It, it doesn't feel, it, do, it doesn't feel unnatural. I guess, and maybe that's just because I'm I'm coming at it from like you know the angle of like listening to this before, you know, and kind of being familiar with like something like Miss Murder before I was familiar with you know like a Tony Hawk, sort of sound and you know what have you. But I mean, I I don't know. I I liked it. You know, it was fun. Um, that being said, I is this something I'm gonna, you know, go out and buy? No, because I mean I I. You know, I, I feel like if I want that pop punk vibe, I mean, I can just I, I have a couple things in my collection that I can just kind of pop on for for that, you know. But I mean, what it is, I, I really enjoyed it. It was just a lot of fun. And I, I think what was really um, what, what I didn't expect was the amount of like, you know, screaming that Davey Havoc, you know, would bring to all these tracks mm-hmm. like that. That was just I mean, I. I, I knew that they, you know, kind of had, like, that hardcore root, but, like, I didn't think that they would, like, kind of go into that territory, I guess. Especially when you're sort of, you, when your songwriting has a much more, like, melodic flair to it. But, I mean, I, I, I guess that's kind of, like, you know, the times, you know? Like, I mean, this thing came out in 2006, so, like, yeah. you know, like, this is, like, right at the beginning. You know, I think, what, when did Black Parade come out? All right around like, the same time. Like, yeah. Bands like, like, bands like The Used as well, just very, yeah. very on-brand for that time, for sure. Ex- exactly. So, like, it makes sense. I was just, it was just surprising, and I, I liked it. I mean, he, he does he does a good job, so. Yeah, he, yeah. Has, he has pretty good range. Um, I think I think the interesting thing, or what I find most interesting about this album, in hindsight, is just, I think this makes a lot of sense from the way, it, like, just, you know, with, I came into the band with this album. So being able to mm. look back, I mean, I, I think it made perfect sense the way things progressed, but I could totally imagine like, Oh, if... I, I, I guess I, I, I think if I listened to, you know, something like, um, like sing the sorrow, you know, I, I would, I would probably, I could probably see that transition a little bit. Like it, it's kind of like, um, you know the difference between you know we've talked about like a the tremulant ep from the mars volta you know sort of like and we've talked about it before as like a connecting tissue between like at the drive-in and sort of delouse the comatorium um 
you know, and I can kind of like I think it's kind of like that same thing. It's I I guess when I say surprising, it's it's more just in that it it works. Like it doesn't feel like it's this um, you know, like a band trying to chase a sound, and and you know, tr trying to go for like, you know, mass mass market appeal. Or at least, like, if they are, like, their songwriting really shines through regardless. So, I, I don't know whether that's, you know, because I, I, you know, it could be just be, you know, producer helping them out. I don't really know, but I, I think, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just a really, really good change of sound, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, their first album, Answer That and Stay Fashionable, uh, it has a song called I Want to Get a Mohawk But Mom Won't Let Me Get One It's a minute mm. long Just like Skate punk Scorcher um, Like maybe someone From that era Over time But again I really don't I mean that album Came out in 95 They released Oh but but, but Sorry um, I'm thinking of the All Hallows EP uh, What I was talking about earlier And it's the uh, The 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 Boy Who Destroyed the World Oh yeah That's right On Tony Hawk Pro Skater um, Yeah but yeah, like like the yeah. first album came in '95. They released an EP um, in '98 where they covered "The Hanging Garden" by The Cure. Um, you know, they covered "Halloween" by The Misfits, which isn't, you know, definitely more. I mean, obviously more of a horror punk track. Like I, I just feel like there were glimmers of this throughout their entire career, and they just fully embraced it um, on December Underground. Uh, I think it also better it better utilized. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to talk them up too much because I, I think, I mean, I think everyone in the band is good at what they do. They're not, it's not like super technical and flashy, but yeah. I think, uh, Hunter Bergen, their bassist and Adam Carson, their drummer. I mean, this is easily some of the best work they've done, you know, head down up to that point. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not even that they weren't trying. It's just that when like, obviously punk drumming and bass playing, basing, uh, does not <laughs> does not really require a ton, so it's not surprising that they kind of just, you know, by and large did what they need to do. But there's some great bass lines on this, some really interesting running, uh, dr drumming, sorry, uh, and I, I mean I think that adds to everything that's going on too. I I, th I think the guitar work is 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 fine, you know. I think th so. There's some decent solos on here. I'm thinking of, uh, um. Oh fuck! It's it's killing time again. I think it's the uh, the killing lights. Yeah, it's one of those weird. It's one of those one of those songs where like there's not, unlike Miss Murder, where like you very much know what the name of the song is. Uh, sometimes it's one of those like slant where they don't actually say the name of the. Yo, yeah. Um, the the those uh you know it's funny we're we're our, our next album we're, there's a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Yeah. You, you know I. I, I think, you know, that the, like, I I feel like the guitar, like, I, I don't really, like, I, I feel like there's kind of like a, um like, a shift of focus, and it's not, like, away from guitar or, like, traditional punk. It's more like they're zooming out slightly, and they're just, I, like, it, it's kind of like, um I feel like, I, I don't know, this, this might be a, not a great analogy, but um kind of like how with, like, uh, Remain in Light, you know, like, talking heads you know kind of went from you know like it kind of started using the studio as an instrument in a mm -hmm. way like it, it's kind of like that shift in like in this idea that like songwriting can be more than just 
playing guitar and you know like sort of that that traditional punk instrumentation um yeah. and again i mean but my my you know familiarity with afi is is little to none you know but yeah. like it, it definitely doesn't like after you know like for, my experience with them has just it, it feels like that it, it feels like that there's they're like you know they're, they're focusing on making songs yeah and making an album as opposed to you know like i, I think sometimes you know when you get you know like like a, like a really early like hardcore punk band you know like like a germs kind of where it's just like fuck it we don't know how to play let's just play you know <laughs> yeah and actually um <laughs> i mean it was kind of a subtle dig it was uh um the guitarist for deaf heaven his name escapes me um but he was talking about how when he was first learning guitar like he was basically he specifically said like oh i didn't really know what i was doing so we would just try to cover like socal hardcore punk bands like afi like obviously <laughs> the implication being that afi didn't know didn't know what they were doing uh you know that their guitarist was, and i feel like after a while like i get it like if a band totally changes styles like that, that kind of sucks especially because they they went into a decidedly non-punk direction like a lot more you know glitz glamour etc whatever but like i have to imagine that early stuff like i mean afi's early stuff got old to listen to after a while i have to imagine it got old to write and play you know just that you have to play like the same kind of you know i mean i i think that's just part of being an artist in in most cases is that you know like you're always kind of seeking the next horizon yeah, you know that like what wh- what you're currently doing is great, but man, it'd be really cool to go over there and check that out. You know, and and, and actually, honestly, this this dovetails nicely with the conversation we had about what do artists owe fans and fans owe artists. Like, I mean, yeah. totally understand you not liking you know if you're a hardcore punk band, you don't like AFI's direction, but like you can't say they didn't try. I mean, this is definitely thought, you know. I mean, you know, I won't go far to say well composed because I feel like that's a little bit charged. But like, this is at least thoughtfully composed. Like, they tried yeah. to make a good album. It just so happens that it's not, you know, one minute skate punk anthems, which is, you know, which is fine. And also, I, I think it's especially different. Um, like, you know, our our, our go to barometer being Opeth. Like, I feel like Heritage <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere in a way, or like more. It came out of nowhere more so than other bands who changed styles over time. Um, like I don't think there was any inkling that Mikhail was just going to stop screaming. Whereas with a, a band like AFI, like December Underground was was coming. Like the, the if you listen to the, if all their full discography, it really was not a surprise that this was the direction they were ultimately going to land on. Um, mm. But I mean, I, I think it's a I think it's a great album. Uh, I listened to the the hell out of it back in the day, and, and it still sounds it still sounds good to me. I I, I think that. This is the one I've returned to most just because uh, I think it's just all around. It just kind of felt like the style that they wanted to write for a long time. Like on yeah, the Sorrow, their previous album and like Art of Drowning, it felt like that they were they were just kind of trying to go. And even on Black Sails in the Sunset, which is still all around a punk album, there are moments where like the riffs are a little brooding, like they take a little time building atmosphere. It's clear that they wanted to. This is kind of more or less what they wanted to make, and they just. I think that they were, you know, putting some feelers out there. weren't sure if they could fully embrace it, and I feel like this is where everything clicked for them. And it's probably you know it's why I, I like it as much as I do. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, to have a punk band, you know, like cover the cure, you know, is is you know pretty cool. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it was a short-lived series, but I'm pretty sure VH1. I'm pretty sure it was VH1. They did like a like an icon series where the one of them was the Cure, and they actually did just like Heaven for that show, AFI. Um, huh. And it was a, I mean, it was a really good cover. Uh, and I don't know if you, yeah, you I, know, I, I was. What, what were you gonna say? I say I don't know if you know <laughs> what Davy Havoc looks like, but he's a he's a he's yeah. a pretty he's a pretty man. So he, he I, I was gonna say something that, that he he's he's a bit of a cutie, but uh Yeah, he yeah. and it's funny like that uh it was kinda more in that, that awkward phase where like are they a punk band? Are they you know and it, like they I remember watching that video and they showed him and he had like the flowing black hair and like the, I think he had like some kind of makeup on and it's like, Well, they're yeah, they're <laughs> they're going uh <laughs> they're embracing it, which is which is cool. I like when bands embrace the artistic style that they've always wanted to try out. Yeah. Speaking of bands yeah. embracing the artistic style they've always wanted to, wanted to try out, uh, I feel like that's a nice segue into <laughs> our next artist and album, which was the impetus for this whole episode. And I will yeah. let you take it away. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if it isn't already obvious, uh, we're talking about A Thousand Suns by Blinken Park. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I touched on this a little bit last week, but, you know, this was kind of, I mean, yeah, I think similar to December Underground, this is kind of like, the I don't want to say like the apotheosis of their sound, but I I think this was such a dramatic shift for them, and I you know and I think similar to December Underground, you know, it is easy to say oh no no Minutes of Midnight was like that change, and I'm like mm, like you can see the connecting. I mean it's it's I mean Minutes of Midnight is is a massive change away from you know hybrid theory meteora and you know i actually actually i I had collision course on a little bit this week too Mm. which is so much fun to listen to but um you know yeah it's um mince minute i just feels like such a breakaway but i i think this is like kind of almost like that the completion of that breakaway in a way i I don't know how to describe it it's i don't even know if this is like the album that they wanted to make i feel like it's it just i don't even know what to make of like their thoughts on this because i mean i you know this this is such a weird album for them you know because it has them like being like quote unquote serious for the first time and in, by which i mean like they're, they're trying to make like serious art with like a capital a and um you know i i mean i i think i've made my thoughts about you know the whole distinction between you know high and low art you know pretty obvious uh, here on this podcast before, but I mean, I, I think it's kind of a stupid distinction, but I mean, nonetheless, it exists. And I think artists, I think sometimes feel the need to, you know, go one in one direction with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this was definitely, uh, that for sure. Um, you know, because it's this whole, they say it's a concept album, uh, you know, and you, you get a lot of, you, you know, you, you get the feeling that it's a concept album without even knowing that because you know like of, of course you have like you know that oppenheimer you know quote uh where he quotes the bhagavad gita or you know you have uh that whole track um that just samples martin luther king's voice um which you know side note can we like not like can, can we not like quote martin luther king <laughs> you know, just gonna say, like, can we not do that <laughs> Yeah, like, like just, I mean, yeah. it you know it didn't. I, I don't think it works here very well. I mean, I, yeah. I I like what they do with it, but like, why not just pick anybody else? I don't know. I just 
It feels. I, I mean, like not, not to throw shade at Martin Luther King, which that's a that's a that's a dangerous sentence to say out loud. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like for real, it's you know, it, it just feels tired at this. I mean, well, in general, it's, it's just like you know, like oh, if if you want your thing to be meaningful, you have to like quote that, or you know, like you know, and, and if you're a revolutionary, you you got to quote you know Marx or Malcolm X, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I I feel like in in some ways it's uh, um, like there's a comedian Bill Burr, he he, he criticizes Steve Jobs because he like the campaign where it's like you know Gandhi, John Lennon, me, where it's just like putting it like see, like. MLK said that, and we we agree with him. So, you know, I I feel like it's. I also, in general, just don't really like. You know, when those kind of like spoken word drops are added to an album, so maybe it's just me. But but yeah, in, in general, I'm 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 with you. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I, with, I'm you. with you. I mean, I I will say I really do like the use of that Oppenheimer line as well. Um, I I just like it. It, I mean, I I just find the line to be, like, chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but, you know, yeah, so, 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 you know, they, they're quoting all these people, they, they quote Mario Savio on, um, the track Wretches and Kings, I believe, um, you know, and, like, you know, it's, I, I, it's, I think sometimes it's tough to take that seriously when it's like, yeah, you're, you're, like, a platinum-selling rock act that's signed to Warner Brothers, like, and you're quoting Mario Savio, of all people, yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. But I mean, I like I, d- despite you know, despite these kind of digs and, and criticisms, you know, I I really love this album. I think it's Linkin Park's best album in some in some respects, like in terms of like, you know, them really putting forward something that, you know, I, I think audiences could take more seriously. You know, I I don't know. I I, I just think, and I think it just goes underappreciated. Um, you know, I think just, yeah. But anyway, I, I think you you said you've listened to this possibly before. I remember, now that I listened to it, you know, for, for this episode, I remember listening to it before. Um, and I just want to say, that I, I I totally get, like, I, I get it when, when longtime fans were, because I remember the owner of, of the New Review, the first music site I wrote for, like, typical, like, like you know, he loves, like, Alter Bridge, you know, break, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. No, there's anything wrong with those bands specifically, yeah. but like he uh, likes Alter like Bridge is good. he likes like rock, like capital R rock. So like I remember he hated this album when it came out, and like I get why, but also I I don't I get it, but I don't understand it or whatever configuration that makes because um, Mist of Midnight was definitely a departure, but. I don't know. I I thought it was kind of a departure into, um, a little bit more of the less interesting aspect of the band sound. Whereas I think what sets a thousand suns apart is that, like, I thought this was just like all, like this is just all of the quote unquote experimental aspects of their sound. Like really, they really doubled down on it. Like I mean, there's there's. At first, I was like, "Oh, look, there really wasn't any screaming on this record, right?" No, there's, there's plenty of screaming. Uh, oh, yeah. or, or, you know, there's there's more rapping. You know, I think yeah, definitely some of the some of the songs feel more like you know, quote unquote, beats than like yeah. new metal, so to speak. But I, I think it's to you know, I think it's to the album's benefit. You know, I, I'm I'm really like when I think back to Minutes of Midnight. Um, 
you know, sure, you have some harder songs like, you know, Given Up, uh, Bleed It Out to yeah. an extent, kind of, but, you know, you know, Shadow of the Day, what what I've done especially, what I've done was, was I mean, like, it's not a terrible song, but, like, that's that was... I remember when that, I think it was the first single, it was like, wow, they're really, they're just becoming, like, they're just becoming, like, a rock band. Like, yeah. I feel like they broke out of the scene, we're doing something really interesting, and it's just kind of like... I guess they're just settling into, um, they're settling into something that like my mom can listen to com- comfortably. Which oh, like yeah. there's a, there, there's a place for that, but I just felt like when they, I feel like they struck such a nice balance because hybrid theory was a little rough around the edges, especially like aesthetically. Like obviously they they looked very new metal when hybrid theory <laughs> came out, and Meteora they I think they cleaned they kind of cleaned the the rough edges a bit all around yeah. with that album but still had the same kind of vibe minutes have been like just like they really cleaned the edges and i feel like a thousand suns is i just feel like it's more interesting like again it's not it's it's less of a you know quote-unquote rock album so to speak i, I suppose I mean, or like in the sense of like a minutes to midnight but all around like i thought the rapping was more interesting you know the electronics were better um produced you know like this vocally all around it was just really much better composed and i i feel like this is it's, it's kind of cool that they took this route because after an album like minutes to midnight you might expect them to be even get even more you know i guess soft just for lack of a better word i mean they, which they do i mean i after after this album but yeah <laughs> yeah but the but the fact that, that this even came out at all or like you'd think that maybe down the line yeah because i think after this um like i didn't listen to living things or the hunting party that much but i know i'm trying to remember some songs that came out from that that i thought were pretty yeah i um, i honestly do not remember i i don't even think i'd listen to the hunting party um I, I might have listened to Living Things, but I don't think so. I, I just, I, I you know, it was at that point where, like, I was kind of getting into other stuff. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, it, I think we can mostly agree that Linkin Park kind of fell off a bit after this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, I, I there's just, there's a lot of interesting shit on this album, for sure. I mean, you know, I... I think you know a track like "Burning in the Skies" is is kind of like still in the vein of like a um, uh, not a "No More Sorrow," but like you know like "New Divide" or um, mm-hmm. uh, what was uh, what, what I've done. That's what I was thinking of. You know, like it, it feels like oh, like I'm atoning for my sins, kind of. Yeah. You know, uh, which is like you, you've done that how many times now? <laughs> but um, you know, like that. I think a track like "Robot Boy" is is not one of my favorites. But, you know, but then you have something like When They Come For Me, which is just, like, way out there, you yeah. know, like, kind of has, like, that dancey kind of shuffle to it, you know, but but it's, like, pretty, you know, like, you have Chinoda really rapping, so, you know, putting on some really, really great lines, you know, but then, you know, then you have something like Waiting For The End, which is, like, way more melodic, and, uh, you know, but then Blackout is just, like, yeah, you know, Chester just going nuts again, you know. They have like that whole like, I don't even know what to call it, like a breakdown, like where they just like glitch his voice out. And yeah. All this stuff. Oh yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Yeah, like it's it, yeah, it's, it's like a vocal breakdown almost. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's really just. I mean, there are just so many interesting moments throughout this, and then I think you know, ending the entire album on the uh, the track "The Messenger," which is just like this acoustic piece. 
which is just like you know has like piano and everything is, is like again very surprising but like they pull it off really well um yeah but i i think the lyrics can be kind of kind of cheesy but um you know they, they, they're trying um you know i yeah i i just i i think this is just this thing is just really impressive um yeah <laughs> no for, for for sure and i think um again i, I mean maybe this is just a a factor of, of like how trying to separate how we consume music without how other people consume music but I mean I, I just find this so much more interesting than Minutes of Midnight and specifically yeah. like again what made them so cool is that they had like dedicated um, I guess like turntablist you know keyboardist whatever obviously they had like uh, um, Mike Shinoda who rapping like I just felt like that element was lost maybe not entirely but significantly on minutes to midnight whereas this this really feels like a full band effort and this is a yeah this is a not an artistic comparison by any means but it almost reminded me a little bit of maroon five where like at one point in their career they felt like a band and now they just kind of feel like um adam levine yeah they just feel like adam levine and other people who come by sometimes like and, yeah. and I don't think it was. I mean, obviously, like they were they were always a rock band, you know, through, you know, Meteor, Hyper Theory, uh, Minutes to Midnight. But like the extra elements that made them unique felt a little lost, and they yeah. they show up kind of in full force on on this album. I don't know. I, I just I, I I thought it was really it was really interesting to go back and and listen to it through through that context. Um, just because I think at the time, like when this came out, I just, like I, I wasn't listening to Linkin Park that much anyway. And I, I thought it was cool, but I just didn't return to it that much for that, that fact. Yeah. But I'd like to think that if, if I have been listening, you know, stayed up and listened to Linkin Park all the way through, um, or if this had come out after Meteora, I probably would have been more excited. Cause I think after a while, like Minutes to Midnight just kind of felt so much i mean the fact that my mom loves so many songs in that album it didn't like again sorry mom but like that it didn't it didn't yeah. help like it just it kind of it felt like a like oh this is lincoln park i thought they were that screaming band like uh, you know <laughs> and i just to to kind of see them respond in that way and make something that they i mean again like you said eventually down the line i think their last album was like a was like a Lecture pop album, yeah, like very much a, yeah. a pop album. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember, I think I, I think I had listened to one of the tracks from it. Oh, I think it was heavy. I think that's the song. I think that, I, that and, one got some decent, like some decent circulation, you know, beyond yeah. like their typical fans, I, whatever. But that's I was like. like, yeah, this is, um, this is, it's not great. But I mean, that being said, like you know, after, after you know chester bennington you know past you know that that song takes on a whole new meaning uh you know uh and it's yeah it's one of those things um i i will say you know i think i mean minutes to midnight yeah like there are some great tracks on it but like you know something like you know valentine's day where i'm just like like it's it's fine like even like shadow of the day like I, i'm just like i find a lot of it like a lot of the album is is 
kind of bland, you know, but I, I feel like there really isn't a single track on uh, on A Thousand Sounds that isn't at least, like, doing something for me. You know, even if it's maybe not my favorite on the entire album or what have you, but, like, you know, like, like, like I said, like, even something like Robot Boy is just, like, okay, like, doing something different, you know? And, like, you know, just feeling like there's there's an energy behind everything uh where like you know shadow of the day like i i had no idea when like you know, like, like it like like that that song sometimes doesn't feel like it starts <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but you know i because it just it's just so soft like the way it kind of just like fades in um I, I i will i think just one last little thing is that i mean i did not like a thousand suns you know at first uh, you know the debut, the the single for this album was uh, was the Catalyst, and I just remember listening to that and being like, so like what the fuck happened to this band, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I I remember having to like, you know, when I came back to it, I was like, holy fuck, like this is amazing. But like it took a couple times to like really listen to it. You know, we, we we've talked about this before that like, you know, like this idea of like forcing yourself to like a song. And, and like I, I I think that trying to force yourself to like something you don't like is is kind of like doomed to failure mm-hmm. but I think sometimes you need to be able to open yourself up enough to listen to like to, you know to like listen to something you know like I, I not to go on like a detour but I I mean I remember uh, one of my friends in high school was obsessed with the uh, system of a down mm-hmm. and you know especially the song BYOB Mm. And uh, I remember I spent uh, like a weekend just listening to that song um, because I just did not understand why he liked it. And, you know, it took me a while, but like I really ended up liking it a lot. Um, you know, it's, I, I, it's you know, like like all things with art, it's it's kind of a gray area, you know? Yeah, for, but, for, for sure. I mean, I can't. Um, I mean, again, I, I, I don't think I've heard a Linkin Park album to the point before where like they, they, they didn't try um, and I think Minutes Midnight it does have some good songs like you know yeah. I I think I think what made this so surprising to listen to again through you know in 2022 with everything you know kind of how my taste has developed from now is that I feel like Minutes Midnight made more sense in a way like even a band like Slipknot which is one of the more experimental heavier bands from the new metal movement like with volume three, they, they, they toned it down. Like not, not a ton, but they definitely, like you feel like after a while they start, you know, they get in the Ozfest cir- cir- circuit as an opener and then they, they want to take it to the next level and, and get some broader appeal. Um, you know, you, you think that makes sense. I mean, not to, not that that's the only reason they would explore a different sound, but it made sense in minutes to midnight that they were, and also just getting older, they weren't like new metal kids from when hybrid theory came out. Um, so for them to, to go from that to making a much more, you know, much artsier, much more interesting, um, album, I just, I think it's, it's really cool. I'm glad they released it. I, I would definitely look to buy this, you know, next time we go to Bull Moose, uh, love to add this to my collection. I think I'm also, I need to buy Hybrid Theory and Meteora. I don't know where my copy of Meteora is, um, yeah, which I, is sad. I, I, I bought them i think last year because i was like what why do i not have these you know i i'm still missing um i still want to buy uh collision course and um oh the the remix album that they did it was um reanimated the the reanimation 
Um, I, I loved that album back in the day. Uh, there were just some really cool remixes that people were doing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, you know, second time around or, you know, like after kind of all this time. Because it, it's, it's definitely like, I, I, I think what they were trying to do, I don't know if they completely succeeded at it. But I think it's such an interesting offering, you know, from a band like Linkin Park that it's just like, I, I, I think it's just, it's funny that people are so quick to dismiss the band nowadays because it's like, it's either like, oh, it's new metal garbage or, you know, for the people who like stuck around long enough, they're like, oh, they, they got really bad really fast. And like, yeah, you've, you've got like this little hidden gem here that I think, you know, deserves a little more attention. So, yeah. And I feel like that's. I, I feel like that that's interesting interesting tangent to explore maybe is that the, how how easy it is to lose and gain a fan's attention um, mm. you know like maybe after Minutes of Midnight people who were with them um, just you know they, they didn't even give because I feel like Minutes of Midnight came out probably when like now streaming is so commonplace that I feel like people would check it but like I think that came out around a time. I mean, I don't remember the timeline of when Spotify came out, but um, 2011 or something like that. Yeah, because I think I think I started using it, um, but I could totally see people not like, yeah, Miss Midnight two uh, 2007, you know, Thousand Suns 2010. So I feel like that's around the time where people wouldn't necessarily be able to just oh, I'll stream it and see what I think. Mm-hmm. So you know, just. I totally agree with you that it's an interesting, because as far as I know, Living Things, which I, I don't remember listening to at all, kind of went more or less back to, you know, back to what they were doing. So it stinks that, it, it, I mean, I'm glad it exists, but it stinks that it came out in a way that might totally, uh, you know, totally fly by people who would be like, hey, this is actually really, really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's kind of weird how how you know that fan base kind of shifts over time, but you almost have to wonder whether it's kind of like a like an inertia sort of thing that it's like you know if if they were really easy fans to get you know they're probably really easy fans to lose. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I I don't know. I I think something that. I mean, I, I don't even want to speak this into existence, but I feel like, honestly, I'm not as excited about the next Converge album as I would be if Blood, <laughs> Blood Moon never came out. Because, I mean, like, like first impressions are important, but so are last impressions. And I think, like, once once a band does something, you know, even in the advent of streaming where you can listen to, like, bands release a million lead singles or whatever, you're like, are, are they gonna keep doing that? Like, are they gonna keep doing that thing that I didn't really yeah. like? So, I mean, I, I guess I could see if, if you know, you're like, I don't, I don't want to be hurt again. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't want this. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want them to, you know, drop another uh, what I've like, you know, twelve what I've done, you know, or twelve ruminations on that sound over and over again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 glad we we checked this out. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, I remember liking it, but I think listening to it now, with how my taste has evolved, I appreciate it more than I would otherwise. So, 
yeah, no, it was, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, this was a fun little listening thing. I would also, you know, I think just one last little thing. I, I, I think maybe part of the reason this album didn't get a ton of traction was because of sort of the singles that they chose. Because like the catalyst really isn't a great like radio single. And I think waiting for the end, I think was like kind of like a lot of Lincoln Parks fans like worst nightmare in some respects. Like, you know, like the, the ones that were expecting like, you know, Meteora part two. You know, so it it's, you know, some in some ways it was it feels like it was almost doomed to fail, but um, you know, if if people actually you know give it a chance, I think it's super rewarding. So, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I think in general they, uh, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe like a a coal chamber or something like that. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the bands lumped it, lumped together as new metal, all approach, like, you know, Linkin Park and Deftones didn't approach new metal the same way. You know, like, I mean, you call Slipknot new metal. They certainly don't sound the same. Like, yeah. I, I feel like you could probably group together an actual group of quote unquote new metal bands that sound like just had a pretty basic uninspired new metal Blood sound. Bane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's probably a good one. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like, that label is staying some artists that were actually doing some really yeah. interesting things, but just happened to, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I, I stand by what, I mean, I, I wrote an article years ago about like how, you know, new metal is, is experimental, you know, like it, it, it's definitely not like, you know, this Uber experimental, like, you know, hold on to your hat sort of thing, you know, but like, you know, considering like you have, you know these metal bands like sort of taking in all these different sounds and like coming out with something that you know has just has really never been done before in a way like unless you want to count like um you know bring the noise or something (laughs) you know like it's they're all doing these really different things like it it, and it just i don't know it's just so easy to dismiss it because i think of just like the whole like aesthetic of it um you know anyway <laughs> no for for sure and i think uh especially because it's kind of made a like there's a whole there's a whole movement like a i think it's called new metalcore which is kind of amazing honestly i i think that <laughs> that works really well um but yeah we're like a lot of the aesthetics i mean i think of a band like like issues even like volumes like a bunch of bands that when i listened to them you know back in high school they were like you know typical like metalcore gen whatever and then now, like just seeing, you know, seeing them release new albums, they have like turntables. There's some rapping, and it's just like, what a, like, what happened, man? <laughs> just yeah. interesting how like this went from like a super, you know, super like sh- like we don't talk about new metal to like now it's, uh, you know, yeah, you know, like now it's 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 like a like a staple. I think trend. it's it's like a. You know, yeah, I think it's just, like, a lot of those trends are just so cyclical. I mean, you yeah. know, like, you, you can explain the whole 80s, you know, retro resurgence as as that, like, without a doubt. Because, you know, I think by the 90s, people are like, yeah, fuck Prince. And, like, you know, like, fight, fuck, like, all, like, the neon, new, like, new wave bullshit, you know? And, like, you know, it's, 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 so you have, you know, fucking Kurt Cobain, you know, just, like, the hair in front of his face wearing just normal clothes on stage, you know? And now, like, it's just kind of come full circle. We have the weekend dressing up in suits and, you know, wearing, like, I don't know, like, his nose is broken or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah, so. 
I mean, uh, yeah, like I, 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 I'm always curious what the maybe it's just one one band that just has the balls to to try out one of those trends, and then it's like, oh no, like this is totally cool again, you know, like like the one yeah. popular kid in school who like starts wearing something some way, and it's like, oh, this is you know, like or like I feel like this always starts with you know people liking things ironically, just because they don't want to admit that they like them genuinely. <laughs> I mean, I I think there's definitely like that kind of like postmodernism, yeah. like kind of to it. But I think the bigger thing is just a confidence that like, you know, it, it's you're you're not like, I, I think people are maybe attracted to those those trends because initially because you know the people who kind of set them just didn't give a shit, you know, yeah. and, and just like to have the balls to just do your own thing. I think is like you know I think a very attractive thing, and then ironically, those people are trying to do their own thing by copying everybody else, you know, <laughs> and you, you you just get lost in the mud like super quickly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be an interesting case study to see like the rise and fall and rise of insert you know thing here. Like, oh, that, that, that's got to be a thing. Yeah, that's like, for sure, yeah. got to be a study somewhere. Like, you know, when did new metal really take off? When was it like? This is not. This is awful. Like, like everyone agreed this was bad. Like, I'm gonna put it. You know, I'm gonna put all my Limp Bizkit CDs with my Junko jeans and you know, <laughs> put it in, in a cover, you know, a box somewhere. And then yeah. now suddenly, do, do, like, don't don't you mean in the safe where they belong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. they could come out in 2018, or whatever. Poppy released her new metal album. <laughs> you oh, know, jeez. Yeah. But yeah, all this to say that you know, not all new metal bands were you know deserved the the hate so to speak and bands like Linkin Park I mean I think they always did interesting things and this is a great example of, of where they took their career later on yeah yeah definitely so you want to um, want to talk about albums of the week yeah. uh sure yeah what, what you uh what you got I I'm trying to pick between two so I'm going to stall a little bit longer <laughs> and talk about how you know how glad I am to be, uh, to be, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to talk about. Uh, this band just came out with a, a new album that I, 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 the musically, I love it. It's just really, really long, but I've always loved this band. They've been one of the most, uh, one of the most consistent bands in death metal. Um, and a little while back I found one of their albums on vinyl, for sale like really really inexpensive at uh newbury um and it's one of the their better better installments in their discography honestly uh in no no in no short part or small part because it's a it's a pretty reasonable runtime and that is majesty and decay by immolation um, okay every, everyone is is hyping up their new album and again musically it's fantastic um, but it's just, it's really, really long. And not only is it long, like it's long both ways, um, in that there are a lot of tracks and overall the runtime is really long. Um, so it's kind of what I've talked about before, uh, how well, like a grindcore album can feel long because they're just, there's so many, like so many individual ideas, so many songs on it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. But, um, you know, this one, like, it's both just, like, you know, time-wise, it takes a long time to listen to it. It feels like there's just a, like, I forget how many songs are on it, but it's a number. Uh, this one, I think it, it was, like, 
eight to oh, <laughs> I've been through like a number of them. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but like the way it's yeah. I I have an age and it's probably a number. <laughs> it's probably a number. Um I think this one was like somewhere between eight to ten tracks, like I think at most it's like forty minutes. Uh, also it's a nice uh, splatter pattern colored vinyl, which is always cool. Um and yeah, it's just I feel like I feel like they've started to get their due, but their discography, I don't think they've released a bad album. I don't think they've really even had that much of a lull in their career. I think they just churn out really consistent, good death metal, just really well written. Um, I think they straddle the, you know, kind of straddle the different, you know, like they're technical, but not too technical. Like they have, you know, melody, but they're not like a metal death band. They just have interesting, you know, really well written riffs. Um, they're not like too fast where they rely on, on blast beats to, you know, as the core, you know, core draw to their sound. Um, yeah, they're really, really good. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm glad that I found this because I think that this was before they had, uh, their recent stretch of new albums has really gotten a lot of play. I think this one, um, did, did you find this at Newbury or? Yeah, I did. It was, it was on sale. I don't, uh, I forget what the discount was, but it was, it was at a good price for a, a record. I mean, that's kind of in my, I don't buy a lot of new records nowadays just cause I, I just feel like it's such a bad numbers game. Like how mm-hmm. much you spend on one album and it's like, all right, well I could, I could buy several much cheaper CDs or even like several sale records for you know much less than that one or like a dozen tapes (laughs) yeah but but then you have (laughs) but 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 then you have to play them yeah exactly (laughs) um no that's that's good i mean i you know not to talk out of my ass here but i always feel like immolation is kind of like almost like the testament of death metal like in that like you know I, i i feel like people don't think of them the way they think of like a morbid angel or like a deicide or like a suffocation even though i i I think that like i mean i i haven't i i think i've only listened to one of their albums but i don't i i just remember being like super solid and just the fact that they've been around for all this time and you know have been consistently putting out stuff i don't know like and you, you you don't see people like going all over it the way you know people did with morbid angel you know, like there's, it, it just seems like that they aren't really getting their their due in some ways. And a, a part of me, I wonder if it's because there's not the, there hasn't really been a swing, necessarily where like they, they I feel like they have been very steady their entire career. Whereas obviously Morbid Angel had quite a pothole, and then they released a semi decent new album, and people freaked out because oh Morbid Angel, are, <laughs> Mor- Morbid Angel are back. Where I mean, whatever I think it's like Kingdoms disdained i mean that sounds yeah like death. that sounds like a death. if you told me to pull a death metal name out of my ass that would be one i would um, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're so much fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah like I, I feel like people i mean it's it might be uh um i'd say because of lulu uh hardwired probably got more of a like i didn't think hardwired was like metallic i didn't think that was a bad album but yeah it's very much just the comparison uh same with uh, death magnetic i think just following a stretch of albums that people didn't like like just mm-hmm. by, by comparison uh you actually probably say the same for judas priest where i thought firepower was good but also more importantly it wasn't nostradamus or whatever like the i i actually liked parts of nostradamus um but i mean when i was listening to that i was you know but a, but but a wee uh metal fan yeah. you know <laughs> I, just like kind of getting into stuff for the first time yeah 
you know? And I, I mean, I knew nothing about Nostradamus either. So to have, like, Rob Halford just scream at me about it, I was like, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think with this new album, I think they're definitely getting more attention. I, I always, like, it's it's surprising how solidly it's been standing up on Rate Your Music's uh, 2022 chart. Um, but, yeah. Um, it's funny. My um, my album week is also a death metal album, uh, and this should probably come as no surprise if you've been sort of checking my discogs or, you know, anything like that. But um, I finally finished uh the discog or the, the albums I want from a band that I really love, and uh, so album week is uh the apostasy by uh, Behemoth. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm really psyched. I mean, I, I we we talked about this off uh, recording that, but I uh, I accidentally bought two copies of Demigod, <laughs> thinking that one of them was the Apostasy, or no, I I think one of them I thought I thought one of them was like Thelema Six or whatever, but I, so I ended up getting another copy of it, and yeah, but I I, I have all of them now, so <laughs> or at least the the ones that matter to me because like the pre Satanica, you know. Uh, black metal albums i i just haven't really listened to i don't really have a whole lot of interest in and you know uh i loved you at your darkest is just it's it's fine but you know i i love these like these albums in between those those two like they are amazing uh and i mean just the apostasy is just a great example of just how to make a fucking solid death metal album and i don't know it just it just oozes with like this like it's ferocious but it doesn't feel like every other death metal you know band in a way like or at least i i I think that that's maybe painting with a very broad brush but like you know i i think it's it's easy for you know death metal for for, when it comes to my ears you know for it to to kind of fall into kind of like this sameness in a way um and i think part of it's just you know not listening as closely as I probably should. But, you know, they, there are bands like Blood Incantation and, you know, in this case, like Behemoth, that, like, I feel like really buck that trend in really neat ways. Um, yeah, I, I just, I really love the stuff that they put out. I mean, yeah. Just fantastic. So. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, speaking of a band that falls, I mean, I think, I think God Equals Dog was yeah. an unfortunate lead single because just people just I mean like that that, that was just a, whether or not it was fair or not that was a reference point um yeah <laughs> but people but like um yeah I mean they were a band that was equally especially like the Satanist is, is an excellent example of yeah. taking what you've done well your entire career and just you know just really really refining it um I I, I like I like the apostasy too. I think uh, was that was that the album I told you I had. I think it is. Mm, I yeah I, yeah I think yeah, yeah the apostasy yeah because that I, I think if I'm remembering correctly it, there's like a brief intro and then like a really like it's not anything crazy but it's like a really cool like drum intro on the first official track um, and it's just like I, I think they've always used speed really well where like their music is fast but they don't necessarily rely on blast beats they do i i I, sometimes because i um have you listened to to uh thelema six before um me i think maybe once yeah because it's it's probably the weakest 
of of the albums that I've listened to of theirs um, that I own. It's still it's still fun, but like, yeah, they, it feels like they they rely way too much on blast beats sometimes, or or like they they, they just, like I guess they rely on like a double kick. Like, it is it, there's this one track I can't remember the exact name, um, but they were using a double kick with like this weird like it was like a weird time signature so it almost felt like it was like a jazz swing almost applied with like a double kick underneath the, the like the rest of the drum beat and it just did not work <laughs> but i mean it's you know like but but i i agree with you like they they definitely know like how to write an interesting song and kind of like sort of vary things up so you're not you know like not not every track sounds the same you know, um, which again, I, I think is just in, in oversimplification on my part, but anyway, <laughs> no, like, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and to me, it was, uh, like the Satanist is a, is a great example of that, how it's, um, like, I feel like when the blast beats, they're just like perfectly spaced, perfectly yeah. uh, executed. I, I um, mean, just blow your trumpets. Gabriel is just like, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, it, it's such a strange song in in that regard because you don't it doesn't really take off until like I don't know a good like two three minutes in if I remember right you know but but it has like you know just these amazing you know moments all throughout I mean the, the, that whole album is just fucking amazing but yeah and I, I think I don't know if the apostasy is where it ranks in general. And they're just kind of like it's what people consider it, but like I I love it. Like anytime I need a you know a blast of of good black and death metal, um, and I guess that's another thing. I mean, like while we're singing their praises, is that I feel like the blackened elements are are implemented very well. Um, like I think it, it's still very death metal forward, which I like because yeah. Um, sometimes the I don't know. I, I feel like the the heft of death metal. Like I'll, I'll just always prefer like a strong, heavy death metal album to a black. I like I like both genres, but um, I think there's a reason it's blackened. Like you can't have like deafened black metal. I guess <laughs> I, I, I I've thought about that. Yeah, that you like black. Like it, it's it's adding an atmosphere to an established genre, or like like doomed black metal, which is it's kind of funny to say, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, is, isn't all metal doomed, you know, because yeah. it's all, like, you know, suffering and, and yeah. you know, being cursed. And, That's very fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I, I totally, I, I know what you mean. Like, they, the, sort of, yeah, the, the, the way they kind of bring, like, sort of, like, an, like a blackened edge to their sound is, is really appealing, for sure. Um, I think, you know, maybe they just got kind of sick of, of making, like, black metal. You know, but but they couldn't like totally give it up. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I, I feel like um, I don't know. That's a good point because they're about like like Dark Throne did it in reverse. So um, what? Like like made a bunch of black metal albums and then got sick of it and started doing like crust punk. Well, actually, their, their their first at least their first album, maybe their first two albums were death metal albums. Oh, they, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. but then you're totally you're actually right in the the opposite end where they were like, yeah, we're tired of making black metal, let's make crust punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I think that the, isn't that like how black metal kind of started though? Like, yeah, it was kind of they, like, like a bunch this... of like death metal, you know, fans that just got that were kind of like sick of it. 
Yeah, it was kind of like, I mean, back then it was just a, a, a cauldron of, you know, thrashy, blacky, deathy, you know, like just kind of a, just fast, um, yeah. extreme yeah, metal. Kind of just out there, you know, out there in the middle of Norway, just screaming your head off, making tapes, recording on potatoes, burning churches, all that great stuff, you know? <laughs> as as they do <laughs> yeah exactly uh okay I, I i think we need to call this a close <laughs> you know so thanks for listening and we'll uh be back next week all right bye bye, bye.